What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Chapter 8. Skill number 5. Helping your prospects become customers or distributors. This skill is a natural byproduct of following up professionally. If you walk through exposure after exposure, our goal of education and understanding will be accomplished. But that doesn't mean the prospect will come out and ask you for an order form or an application. It's your job to get them to a decision. The key to success in this area is a combination of having good posture and asking good questions. Good posture means the way you carry yourself. Your words and actions will help your prospect feel more confident about joining your opportunity or they'll plant seeds of doubt. In my early years, my posture was terrible. I was trying to get people instead of pursuing the nobler goal of education and understanding. And the prospects could feel my intentions. I was very emotionally attached to the outcome. You could even say I was needy. Every time I got to this part of the process, I really, really wanted it. Again, the prospect could feel my emotional attachment, and that usually scared them away. Through lack of results and without even realizing it, I started to assume people were not going to be interested. And that assumption started to seep into everything, which led to the predictable result of the prospect not joining. Most of the time, I wasn't properly prepared. I didn't have applications, startup materials, or whatever else was necessary. Think about the subconscious impact this had on my prospects. It seemed just about everything I did projected a lack of belief and a lack of professionalism. Instead of asking questions and listening intently to the answers, I just talked and talked and talked. I was more focused on being interesting than being interested. Prospects don't like that. No one does. So again, I followed the pattern of modeling the professionals. I watched what the best closers did and began to copy them. I interviewed the top performers to figure out what they did differently, and slowly, I started to see the flaws in my own approach. First, I learned that professionals are emotionally detached from the outcome. In other words, their goal is education and understanding while helping a prospect make a decision that would positively impact their lives. They're the opposite of needy. They aren't trying to get anybody. They are honestly just trying to help. Second, they're very assumptive in their approach. They expect the person to join because their belief that the opportunity would benefit the prospect is so strong. They are rock solid. Many of them are sincerely shocked when a person decides not to get involved. Third, it was interesting to learn they promoted themselves as much as they promoted the product or the opportunity. What I mean by that is they helped the prospect make the decision by saying, you get me. When they promoted themselves, it isn't like, I'm going to do everything for you. It was more like, we have a great product and a great opportunity, but I'm going to take this thing to the top and we can do it together. This gives people great comfort in knowing that they don't have to learn everything on their own. Fourth, they are always prepared. Always. They have everything they need to get a person started right on the spot. And fifth, they ask question after question after question and are great listeners. They act like a consultant helping a person with a problem. The best consultants in the world have to ask a bunch of questions before they can offer a solution. Network marketing professionals use questions as their most powerful tool. 
As you can imagine, it took me a while to figure all of this out, and that was just half the battle. It's one thing to have the information, and it's another thing to put it into action. I wasn't as talented as the pros, but I could model what they did, so I just started to act like they acted. I acted emotionally detached. I really wasn't at the beginning. I started to act very assumptive that people would join. I really wasn't at the beginning. I started to tell people, and you get me, even though I didn't think that was such a huge benefit at the beginning. I was always prepared. I started to ask lots of questions, focusing more on being interested than interesting. And as time went on, I acted less and less and believed more and more. The same can happen for you. Let's talk about questions. If you were a consultant and your job was to figure out if an opportunity was a good fit for your client, what would you do? You'd ask questions, right? In working to help a prospect make a positive decision about your opportunity, you're going to do the same thing. But instead of asking what did you think, which leads nowhere, learn to ask questions that lead in a positive direction. Did it make sense to you? What did you like best about what you just saw? Pretty exciting, isn't it? Can you see how this could be an opportunity for you? Of these examples, the one I use most is, what did you like best? The answer to that question is almost always positive, and it gives you clues as to the area in which they're most interested. Then I like to say, let me ask you a question on a scale of 1 to 10, with 1 meaning you have zero interest and 10 being you're ready to get started right now, where are you? They'll give you a number. And it's usually obvious from their number that they either need more information before they'll make a decision or they're leaning towards getting started now. If you feel they need more information, just guide them to the next exposure that will help them the most. But if you feel they're ready to get started, then ask a series of four questions. This four-question close has produced strong and consistent results over the course of my career. If you learn it and use it, you'll be amazed at how many people you can help. Question number one. Based upon what you've just seen, if you were to get started with this company on a part-time basis, approximately how much would you need to earn per month in order to make this worth your time? Instead of asking this question, most distributors say things like, how'd you like to make $10,000 a month? Don't do that. Instead of prescribing what you think they want, just ask them what it would take to make it worth their time and wait for their answer. Question number two. Approximately how many hours could you commit each week to develop that kind of income? Now they have to go inside their head and check their mental calendar to see how much time they would invest to get that kind of money. Question number three. How many months would you work those kind of hours in order to develop that kind of income? This question makes them think about their level of commitment if they want the income from question number one. Question number four. If I could show you how to develop an income of, their answer to question number one, per month, working, their answer to question number two, hours a week over the course of, their answer to question number three, months, would you be ready to get started? Most of the time, you'll get a positive answer to this question. And when people say, sure, show me how, you can pull out your compensation plan and sketch out a reasonable game plan to achieve their goals. There are rare occasions when people will give you unrealistic numbers. They might say they want $10,000 a month working two hours a week for one month. doesn't happen often, but it does happen. If you face that situation, you act as a consultant and say, I'm sorry, but your expectations are way too high. You can get to $10,000 a month, but it'll take more hours and more months than you're willing to commit. If you're willing to change those expectations, we can talk. 
If you don't get a positive answer to the four questions, that's okay. That means the prospect will need to have more exposures before they're ready. Schedule the next one and repeat this process when you're done. This skill will take practice, but it's a skill that will serve you for the rest of your career. If you're tired of having too many people thinking about it and not enough taking action, this will help. Chapter 9. Skill number six, helping your new distributor get started right. In network marketing, people invest enormous effort, time, and money into getting people signed up and then squander that investment by leaving their new distributors to figure everything out for themselves. Professionals don't do that. They set proper expectations, they help get some quick results, and then continue to guide the new distributor through the many phases of our profession. I was lucky enough to have an early mentor, Michael Nelson, who is very skilled at guiding new distributors. Michael wasn't in my upline, but he was clearly the leader in my city. In addition, he had a lot of experience in our profession. So I listened to what he said, I watched what he did, and I asked him tons of questions. Back in those days, he had a small office close to my home, and I was always hanging around trying to learn something. Michael was a very successful recruiter. He was always bringing on new people. And for the most part, Michael's people did well in the business. That wasn't happening for me. The few people I recruited did nothing. As I watched Michael, I noticed that every time he signed up a new distributor, he scheduled what he called a game plan interview. I decided to model what he did. So the next time he met with a new distributor, I sat behind them, close enough to take notes on their conversation. I did this several times and was surprised to learn he went through the same exact interview every time. I thought if I could learn that interview process, then I'd have a chance at his results. Game plan interview, part one he validated their decision to become a distributor. He said things like, Congratulations on making the decision. I'm proud of you for taking charge of your life. From now on, things are going to be different for you and your family. It always took less than five minutes, but by the end of their discussion, any doubt they may have had about becoming a distributor was gone. They felt great. Game plan interview, part two. He set their expectations. He knew most people came into our business with unrealistic expectations, so he always said the same three things. If you succeed in this business, it's going to be you who creates that success, not me. And if you fail in this business, it's going to be you who creates that failure, not me. You're going to be the difference between success and failure. I'm here to guide you every step of the way, but I can't do it for you. I'm here to work with you, but not for you. Wow, this was a radical concept and so different from the conversations I had when I got a person started. I said things like, I get paid from what you produce, so essentially I work for you. Well, what kind of expectation do you think that set in the new distributor's mind? I'd also say, we are going to build a business together, when that wasn't really true. They needed to build a business. I could be a resource, but I couldn't do it for them. The next thing he said was, my job is to help you become independent from me as quickly as possible. Do you agree that that's a good goal? Again, this was radical, but it made sense. Up to that point, I had a group that was extremely dependent on me. They only did something when I pushed. But Michael had a group that produced on their own without his constant help. He had duplication and freedom. I didn't. This set the relationship up so Michael would be the teacher for his group and not the slave. He could show them the skills, and then they could independently build from that point forward. The third thing he said was, there will certainly be ups and downs as you build your business. There'll be good times and bad times. 
I'll know when you're in one of the bad times, when you aren't calling me, you aren't showing up for meetings, you aren't on the calls, if I start hearing excuses, that sort of thing. When that happens with you and it happens with everyone, how do you want me to handle that? Do you want me to leave you alone or do you want me to be persistent and remind you why you made this decision in the first place? This was brilliant because it's true that everyone will have times of self-doubt. He let them know it was natural and at the same time set up the relationship so he was in a position to turn them around when it happened. What Michael accomplished with these three concepts was so different from promising the world like I was doing that it was night and day. With my approach, the distributor would sit back and wait for me to perform. And if I was ever too busy or couldn't help for some reason, I became the easy excuse for why things weren't working out. With Michael's approach, his people became independent quickly. He would coach them from time to time, but he wouldn't allow his group to use him as an excuse for their lack of results. While my distributors struggled, his flourished. Game Plan Interview, Part 3. Michael went through a getting-started checklist to help the new person have the best chance for success. The exact plan would be different for every company, but the concept was to do everything possible to get quick results. Here are some examples of what you could include in your getting-started checklist. 1. Make sure your new distributor is set up with appropriate products. Just about every company has products that can be personally used by the distributor, so make sure your new person is doing that. Depending on your company, this may include a monthly commitment. It's very important that people develop an emotional attachment to the products, and that can only happen if they are using them and enjoying the benefits. In addition, many companies have products that can be sampled or used in demonstrations. In that case, new distributors should have an appropriate supply so they're properly prepared. 2. Make sure your new distributor is set up with appropriate tools. We've talked about the importance of third-party tools in building a large and successful network marketing business. Your new distributor needs to be prepared to help their prospects with the tools that will professionally take them through the exposure process. 3. Make sure your new distributor gets connected. Show them how to find things on the company website, where the upcoming events are being held, when the leadership calls or webinars are being conducted, etc. Remember, our goal is to help them become independent as quickly as possible. This is an important step in making that goal a reality. 4. Make sure your new distributor has a basic understanding of the compensation plan. They don't need to know it in detail at the beginning, but they should at least understand the key points and what will happen financially as they move through the first few levels. 5. Make sure your new distributor has a fundamental understanding of how to properly invite their prospects to understand more about what they have to offer. You can save them from running out there and talking their heads off with little or no results by giving them a brief overview of how and why a professional invitation process works. Game Plan Interview, Part 4. Michael helped the new distributor create a game plan to get through the first few ranks and challenged them to do it quickly. He understood and helped me to understand that it was a race to help a person get results quickly. If they received early positive reinforcement, they'd continue, and if they didn't, they had a tendency to fade away. Every company is different, so this game plan will also be different. But think about the simple actions you can encourage people to take during the first week to get the best possible results. How can they get their first customer? How can they get their first distributor? Can you encourage them to attend their first company event? What steps can you take to help them earn their first commission check? Success in network marketing wasn't real for me until I earned that first check. When it arrived, everything changed for me. I started to really dream about creating a better life for myself and my family. Helping your new person get off to a quick start is vital.
Game Plan Interview, Part 5. Michael always ended by giving some specific assignments. One thing I've learned is new distributors crave direction, and they respond incredibly well to simple assignments. Michael always ended by giving those assignments along with a deadline for them to be completed. He told his new distributor to get back to him by a specific date. It's just like the exposure prospecting process. You go from exposure to exposure, but it doesn't end until they become distributors. The professionals continue to go from exposure to exposure, assignment to assignment. The purpose of all this is to help the new distributor get over the line. When someone gets started, there's always a line between success and failure. On one side of the line, it's easier to quit than continue. On the other side of the line, it's easier to continue than to quit. What can help a person get over the line? Signing up their first customer, signing up their first distributor, getting their first commission check, attending a big company event, making friends inside the organization, proclaiming their intentions to the world, getting promoted to a new level, being recognized for some sort of achievement. There are hundreds of other things that can contribute to a person getting over the line. As a sponsor, your job is to help them get over the line and stay over the line. And the line never really goes away. It's always there. And you as a leader need to be constantly aware of where your people are emotionally. This way you can continue to encourage them to never let go of their dreams. Chapter 10. Skill 7. Promoting Events. In network marketing, meetings make money. It's just that simple. Yes, technology can help us connect with people in ways that are becoming more and more efficient, but nothing replaces face-to-face interaction. Meeting people one-on-one, in small groups, or at local or bigger events will have a huge impact on the long-term success of any network marketing organization. But one particular type of event is the most powerful, and that is the destination event. It might be a company-sponsored event or one put on by your upline leadership, but a destination event is one where most of the attendees travel to a different city, stay at a hotel, and participate in a conference or convention. Some try to argue that the destination event is dead in the new technology world and people won't travel for these things anymore. All I can tell you is those people aren't top earners in our profession. If you study what the successful people do to build their network marketing organizations, you'll find that virtually every one of them uses destination events as a cornerstone for building their business. There's something magical about getting away from your day-to-day grind and focusing completely on your dreams. Total immersion, even if it's only for a weekend, is good. You can use it to refocus and recommit to your future and gather the strength necessary to go back home and do what's necessary to move your business forward. You gain strength from the presentations you hear during the event. Sometimes a person says something at just the right time in your life and it changes you forever. Over 20 years ago, I was at a convention when a guy by the name of Johnny Daniel said, you can tell the size of the man by the size of the problem that gets him down. That statement went right into my heart and has helped me ever since. If I ever get sad or depressed, something inside me says, is this the size of Eric? I answer no, pick myself up and get moving again. I've had hundreds of those moments over the years at destination events. I gave up blaming at an event. I decided to become a professional at an event. I realized no one could stop me at an event. I decided to go to the top at an event. In fact, as I think back, I can't think of a single significant moment in my network marketing career that didn't happen at an event. They're that powerful. 
In addition to gaining strength from the presenters, you also receive incredible validation of your decision to be involved. It's a concept called social proof, and it's very important. As human beings, we're wired to seek proof from sources outside of our own thoughts and experiences. At a destination event, you'll see lots of other people who've made the same decision you have, and that feels good. Also, you'll see how some of them have overcome their fears and gone to the highest levels in your company. You start to think, if they can do it, maybe I can do it too. There's also some positive peer pressure involved. Most destination events include recognition programs, who won the contest, moved to the next rank, earned the top income, or spoke from the stage. When I went to my first event and I saw all the people walking across that stage, I had one thought. The next time, I'll be walking across that stage. It was inspiring that so many people had accomplished what I hadn't done yet. It made me think I could do it, and it made me work on a plan to make it happen. In addition to being inspired, I also didn't want to show up at the next event without some improvement in my business. That positive peer pressure helped me face my fears and make it happen. Overall, the sense of community at a destination event is comforting. We all live in a world filled with ignorant people when it comes to network marketing. That can be discouraging at times. But when we go to a big event, suddenly we're surrounded by people who think like we think. They have similar beliefs, hopes, dreams, aspirations, and positive attitudes. Spending time with this amazing group of people can literally fill us back up again. So we have strength for the next push. Once you understand how important destination events are to the success of your business, you need to learn how to effectively promote them to your organization. It's really simple. The more people from your group attend events, the more money you're going to make in our profession. Top leaders know exactly how many people are attending, and they make sure to grow that number at every new event. Think about it. Take two distributors, who each have a group of 100 people. Distributor A makes it a priority and gets everyone to attend every major destination event. Distributor B doesn't make it a priority, so only a handful attend. Which group is going to be more successful? It's not even a contest. The first step in developing a culture that promotes attendance at destination events is to personally be more committed than anyone else to attending and helping others make the same decision. That means you need to lead by example and never miss a destination event. When I first started in this profession, I didn't know how I was going to do it. I didn't have the money, and I couldn't afford the time. I had the same obstacles as everyone else. But something happened to me at my first event that changed everything. I scraped up enough money to get there, and it was a mind-blowing experience. The stage, the lights, the people, the stories, it was awesome. During one of the sessions, I stepped out to go to the bathroom, and when I came back to the entrance to the big convention hall, I found myself standing next to one of the top income earners in the whole company. It was like standing next to a celebrity. He had achieved what I wanted to achieve, and more. I stood there trying to think of something smart to say, and finally, I simply introduced myself and asked, what's the secret? Now, today, I know there isn't a secret, and he could have said the same thing to me, but instead, he had a little compassion and gave me an important lesson that serves me to this day. He said, Eric, do you see this room? It holds about 2,000 people. We have these events about three times a year. Here's the secret. At the next event, half of these people won't come back. But the other half that does will be making about twice the average of everyone else in the room. Your job is to be in the 1,000 people who come back. And it doesn't stop there. At the next event, half of those 1,000 won't come back. But the 500 who do will be making four times the amount of the average in the room. This continues from event to event. If you continue to come back, you'll end up being among the highest paid people in the room, and eventually, you'll even find yourself presenting on stage. I said, that's it? And he replied, 
Eric, obviously, you're going to have to continue to work on your skills in between events. But my experience has shown me that if you outlast people at our big events, you'll make it to the top. This was pretty simple for me to understand. I thanked him and made a resolution on the spot to never miss a big company event. It wasn't easy. Sometimes the event tickets alone were a problem. I made it a priority and found a way to buy them. Sometimes childcare was an issue. I relentlessly searched for babysitters until we found someone we could trust. Sometimes I struggled with how to get to the event. Instead of taking a nice, comfortable direct flight, sometimes I had to book one with two or three connections. Instead of flying, sometimes I had to drive, even piling into one vehicle with a group of people to get there. There were even times when I reserved a bus and recruited people in my area to share the ride. The point is, I made it a priority, and I made it to the event, no matter what. As for accommodations, today I stay in a suite, but it wasn't always that way. At the beginning, I often shared a room with as many people as possible. Instead of room service, we'd go to the local grocery store and get food for inexpensive meals, and the mini bar was strictly off limits. Bottom line, the advice I received all those years ago worked. Because I was ambitious and hungry, I figured out a way to outlast the people who were less committed. And just like that top income earner had told me, my income continued to grow with each event. On top of that, another strange thing happened. I started to feel different than everyone else. I started to feel like an Iron Man. I started to be proud of the fact that I was still standing when other people lost faith. So, if you're more committed than anyone else to attending the destination events, that all-important commitment will serve you very well. Once you're fully committed, the next step is to grow the number of people on your team that attend with you. Most people announce the next big event to their group, sit back, and hope people register. Professionals understand there's a big difference between an announcer and being a promoter. Promoters make the event a priority in their group. They are relentless with their message. They tell stories that inspire people to action. They take nothing for granted and don't rest until people have registered. They paint a picture in people's minds about how great the event will be and the benefits of attending. One thing I learned long ago was to never buy someone's excuse, at least at the beginning. I can't tell you how many people started off by telling me the reasons they couldn't attend the next destination event, only to find out that their reason was just an excuse and wasn't really true. The problem with amateurs is they buy that first story, and that's the end of it. Person says, "I can't get off work, or I can't afford it, or I can't arrange childcare, or who's going to watch my dog, or there's a birthday party that weekend," and the amateur says, "Oh well, it is what it is. I hope you can make it to the next one." The professional has a completely different mindset. When they hear an objection, they don't buy that story because they know it's probably not real, or at least not real enough. Instead, they work with that person to help them understand the meaning and importance of attending the event. Then they brainstorm with them to figure out a way to overcome their initial problem. I can't tell you how many people I've talked to who had already decided they were not going to attend the next event, and within five minutes they changed their mind and registered. The lesson here is to tell your story, don't buy theirs. Think of this skill as if you're a publicly traded company and your stock value is tied directly to how many people you have at each destination event. If that were the case, you'd make it a priority to always have a bigger number at the next event, wouldn't you? You might start with just you at the first event, but then the goal needs to be to bring someone with you to the next one and to grow that number at the next and the next and the next. There's no such thing as a silver bullet in network marketing, but this skill is as close as it gets.
Chapter 11. Anything Worthwhile Takes Time. If a person starts a traditional business, they expect to break even in their first year and possibly pay back their initial investment in the first five years. But when a person starts a network marketing business, they expect to get their money back in the first month, make a profit in their second month, and get rich by the third month. And when that doesn't happen, they blame network marketing. It's like people don't want the laws of the business world to apply to network marketing. We do have a better way, but we're not selling magic beans here. Anything of value takes time to develop. I learned a great lesson early in my network marketing career. From time to time in your life, your income might take a lucky jump. You might be in the right place at the right time. But if you don't quickly grow as a person to that new, higher level, your income is going to come back down to the level of who you really are. In the end, you only get to make what you are. How many people do you know that hit it big and lost it all? I learned this lesson the hard way in my first few months in MLM. Back in 1988, I joined a company that had a $5,000 upfront package, which paid the sponsor between $1,200 and $2,400, depending on their level. Although I'm glad most of those big money packages have left our profession, back then a person could make some pretty big money fast. In my first month with that company, I earned approximately $7,400. If you remember, my strategy was to quickly call my dad's friends before he could get to them. I was ecstatic. In my second month, I earned about $12,200. Unbelievable. But then reality kicked in. I wasn't a $12,000 a month person. I hadn't worked on my skills. I wasn't developing myself. I was just riding the wave. My third month's check was $1,098.60. Looking at that check was like looking at myself in the mirror. It showed me who I was. It was an ugly feeling. My first reaction was to quit and blame everyone and everything for my bad check. But eventually I realized that to earn more, I needed to become more. I needed to work on my skills. So I didn't have to rely on luck or timing or positioning. You might have heard, you can get rich quick or there's no work involved or the product sells itself or any number of trumped up statements. But you must learn to give up those false and unrealistic expectations and go to work on you. The one three five seven formula. There's a formula I've seen work in our profession. I call it the one three five seven formula. As a general rule, it will take you about one year to become competent and profitable in network marketing. You'll know the basics, you'll cover expenses, and you'll be learning. It'll take about three years of consistent part-time effort in order to go full-time. It'll take about five years of consistent effort to become a six-figure earner or above. And it will take about seven years of consistent effort to become an expert. Now, that doesn't mean you can't make more than that in the short term. Many people do. It just means if you want to keep making that kind of money, you need to eventually become an expert. When you think about it, seven years isn't so bad, especially when a good portion of it is part-time. You're going to be seven years older anyway. You might as well become an expert over that period of time instead of just going through the motions. How to learn. Once you make the commitment, to focus on your skills, the next thing you need to do is figure out the best way to learn. One of the best things that ever happened to me was realizing there are no bad experiences and no good experiences, only learning experiences. This was a major breakthrough. In other words, let go of the outcome and focus on what you can learn from every experience. This took so much pressure off me. Instead of always looking for great experiences, I started focusing on how many experiences I could have because the more I had, the more I could learn. 
Another attribute of a top earner in MLM is they are what I like to call an active student. As a professional, they're always learning, always growing, always trying to get better. Lou Holt said it best. In this world, you're either growing or you're dying. So get in motion and grow. I think that's true. Never stop learning. Model successful behavior. Try to avoid reinventing the wheel when you get involved in this profession. The hard work has already been done. No matter what company you're in, it's easy to find someone who's very successful. doesn't matter if it's getting customers, finding prospects, inviting, presenting, following up, closing, getting people started, building for events, or any other skill. There are people in your company right now who have them mastered. And unlike other professions, the successful people in your company are eager to share their secrets. All you need to do is model their behavior and you can begin to enjoy their results. Study. Audio programs got me started. Back in 1988, someone gave me a bootleg copy of a talk Jim Rohn gave to the Shackley Company. It was called The Seed and the Sower, and it rocked my world. I bet I listened to that audio cassette in my car 500 times. From there, I did some homework on Jim Rohn and purchased his Challenge to Succeed audio program. Jim Rohn gave me hope, but more than that, he gave me direction in my continual personal development. That audio program launched my personal development journey. Through the years, I continued with dozens of different audio programs, all incredibly helpful in keeping my mind right. There's something magical about audio. It whispers in your ear, reminding you of your dreams, of your potential, and how to get there. In addition, it's repetitive. You probably won't read a book over and over, but you'll listen to an audio program over and over, especially if it's entertaining. And it seems like each time it's different, and it is because you're different. Jim Rohn also taught me to be a reader. No matter what you're trying to learn, there's someone who's devoted their entire life to the subject and is offering it to you for pennies. Take them up on that offer. In our electronics-focused, attention-deficit society, fewer people seem to read books. That's not true for leaders. Ask the top-earning distributors if they're readers. More importantly, ask them what they're reading. I wasn't much of a reader before I became a network marketing professional, but since 1988, I've read an average of about four books a month. Those books have shaped my life and my career for the better. Commit to just 10 pages a day, and you can read a 300-page book in a month. That's a great start. Video. Video is another source of great learning. Sometimes I like to watch training programs instead of just listening. It's part of the reason I decided to use video as my main focus at NetworkMarketingPro.com. I found if I created a short video with interesting information every day, people receive tremendous value. If you'd like to check out hundreds of free videos, you can go to NetworkMarketingPro.com. It's free. Online. The Internet has changed the way we learn and gather information. You could take advantage of online tutorials, watch online videos, attend online webinars, or even watch events live with streaming technology. Events. The best way I know to really internalize life-changing information is to attend live events. As I've already told you, most of my defining moments have come from events. On one side, there's always good information for a person who's listening. On the other side, when you eliminate all of the other distractions in life and just focus like you do at an event. You have a chance to really hear. Both sides are good. Be careful of distractions. With all of the choices available to you in terms of studying your craft, now more than ever, you must be careful about what you allow into your mind. People everywhere will try to distract you with their latest and greatest breakthrough, and it can be very tempting to jump at all those opportunities. You should be focused on a very narrow range of skills, finding prospects, inviting, presenting, 
following up, closing, getting people started right, and promoting events. Make sure you master those skills before adding anything else to your to-do list. Take action. Almost all of the learning in MLM is in the doing. If you want to learn how to talk to people on the phone, then talk to more people on the phone. If you want to learn how to do a home presentation, then do more home presentations. You'll certainly figure it out. That doesn't mean you shouldn't continue to seek knowledge on the skill sets for success in MLM, but it does mean you shouldn't wait for complete knowledge before taking action. Part of the reason people avoid taking action is they're afraid they'll be embarrassed. If you want to be successful in network marketing, you must learn to set that fear aside. Here's why. It's very difficult to look good and get better at the same time. Instead of being afraid of how you look as you're learning and growing, be afraid of not taking action and living a life at a fraction of your potential. Let me give you a concept that has served me for over 20 years in the area of developing my skills. Back in the early 1990s, a friend and I were searching for a great network marketing product. We traveled the country and met with many interesting people. Our journey led us to an organization in Michigan called the High Scope Educational Research Foundation. They had a progressive and proven way to teach children how to learn more effectively. High Scope has many components, but the one that struck me then is the one I've used to this day called Plan Do Review. Here's how the company explains the process. In the Plan Do Review process, children make plans, carry them out, and reflect on what they have done. In doing so, children learn to take initiative, solve problems, work with others, and accomplish their goals. Their play becomes more purposeful and focused. By making Plan Do Review a successful and integral part of your classroom's daily routine, you'll learn how you can promote learning and build on children's interests and intrinsic motivation. When I heard what they were saying on how to use it as a teaching tool for children, the only thing that was rolling around in my mind was how I could use it for myself and the people in my organization. While things didn't work out for turning the high scope product into a network marketing product, I'll be forever grateful to their organization for helping me and hundreds of thousands of people all over the world to use this concept to build a better business. Here's how I've used and taught the concept for over 20 years now. Choose a skill you want to develop. One, make a plan. Two, do your plan. Three, review your results to see how you could do better next time. Most people don't make a plan. They just charge out there and do. Even more people never review their results to see how they could improve. Do you see how this connects with no good experiences and no bad experiences, only learning experiences? One, make a plan. Two, do your plan. Three, review your results, good or bad, to see how you could do better next time. Four, make a better plan. Five, do that better plan. Six, review those results, good or bad, to see how you could do better next time. Seven, never stop applying plan to review and you'll eventually become an expert through trial and error. This little secret to learning in MLM is one of the most powerful I've shared. It's become part of my DNA. I hope the same happens for you. Teaching. Would it surprise you to know that teaching is one of the best ways to learn? It's true. If you want to really master something, teach it to others. Teaching burns a groove in your brain like nothing else can. Who do you think gets the most benefit from the daily video shows at NetworkMarketingPro.com? I do. I have to think about it, prepare, and present the message every day. So it helps keep me sharp and on top of my game. The lesson for each of you should be to find someone to teach. Even if you just have one person in your group, start there. And as your group grows, look for more and more opportunities to teach. You'll get the most benefit. Your associations. This is another important lesson from Jim Rohn. 
he taught me the law of association that says you'll become the average of the five people you spend the most time with. You'll think how they think, act how they act, talk how they talk, and earn how they earn. Let me tell you something. This law is real. You can't fight it. I've done three things over the course of my career when it comes to my associations. First, I've disassociated with the people who are toxic to my life. This isn't an easy decision, but it's an important one. Some people will keep you down permanently. Second, I've limited my associations with negative people or people who weren't helping me grow in the direction of my dreams. I just learned to spend less time with those people and more time on positive influences. And third, I've worked to expand my associations with people who can help me become a better person and a better professional. If you're trying to learn to become an expert in the network marketing profession, doesn't it make sense to find a way to spend more time with the people who have the skills you're looking for? If this is a little too stressful to think about when you're looking at the five people you're spending time with right now, here's a little tip. About every six months, one of the people in your five will change. They'll move, get a new job, start a relationship, end a relationship. Something will happen. The secret is, when that happens, choose very wisely when you're thinking about who's going to take their place. Most people don't think about this at all. They just let the next person fall into that place. That's a big mistake. Find someone who will push you. Find someone who will inspire you. I hope these suggestions on the learning process of becoming a professional have been helpful to you. It's okay to dream big, but you also have to be patient. Anything of value takes time. Continue to develop your skills. Become a permanent student. Those skills will make a place for you for the rest of your life. There's one more concept you need to understand. I've analyzed the top earners in network marketing. I've interviewed them, and we've become friends. Do you know what they all have in common? They work hard. Don't get me wrong. They have a great lifestyle, and they love what they do, but they work their butts off. If you want big success in MLM, you're going to have to do the same. Network marketing isn't about luck, timing, positioning, or signing that magic person who will make you rich. Freedom is possible, but it isn't free. It will take hard work to stay consistent when the world tries to distract you. It'll take hard work to learn the skills required for long-term success. It'll take hard work to become the leader you're meant to be. Some people in network marketing become unhappy when they realize work is involved. Most of them join for some sort of free ride. When they experience growing pains, they run for the hills. Be different. It might take hard work, but it's good work. And it's the best way I know for the average person to enjoy true freedom. Chapter 12, It's All Worth It. Network marketing can be challenging. It's an emotional experience. The ups and downs can be dramatic. But in the end, for so many reasons, it's all worth it. The career you'll create. If you decide to become a network marketing professional, you'll not only create an income for yourself, but you'll create a career. I think about this a lot. Consider the skills required to be a doctor, a lawyer, a big company CEO, or even a world-class musician. You're talking about a high level of skill and a fairly high level of income. Now consider the skills necessary to become a network marketing professional. They're tiny in comparison, and yet many network marketing professionals enjoy a higher level of income and most certainly a higher degree of freedom. If you look at any career, there's a barrier of entry, how hard it is to get in, 
and a long-term benefit, what you get if you do get in. For example, a doctor might have 12 years of school plus an internship. That takes intelligence some of us don't have, money some of us don't have, or even possibly contacts some of us don't have. At the end, they get to enjoy a long-term benefit, although many of them would say the benefit wasn't worth the investment. There's always a ratio between the barrier of entry and the long-term benefit. There's no question in my mind that of all the professions in the world, the profession of network marketing has the best ratio when you compare the low barrier of entry with the high long-term return. One of the best decisions in my life was making a career out of network marketing instead of just messing around. Becoming a professional made all the difference, and now it's great fun to spend a good portion of my time helping other people do the same thing. The freedom you'll enjoy. Freedom is an interesting word. When it comes to work, I think we understand the concept, but not the entire meaning. For me, freedom means having choices. It means living the life I want to live instead of the life other people want me to live. Do you remember the imagination you had as a child? Imagine your life without limits. You wake up when you're done sleeping. You're doing work that is fulfilling and makes you happy. You get to work with people you enjoy. You don't have to compromise all the time. You work when you feel like working, but you also play when you feel like playing. You get to spend tons of time with the people who are important to you. You're living a big life and not wasting away in a box. When you get a clear picture of what freedom is about, you'll find the price you need to pay to achieve it in network marketing is very low. Facing your fears and living a life that's free is easy. Spending the rest of your days living half a life is hard. The lives you'll touch. It's one thing to create freedom for yourself and your family. It's another thing altogether to help someone else do the same. There are so many people struggling in this world. You have the ability to help people see a bigger picture for themselves. You can give hope to the hopeless. You can encourage their dreams. You can provide them with the inspiration necessary to face and overcome their fears. One of my greatest joys is to appear in someone else's testimonial. It's great to hear that someone was lost, and in some small way, I was able to help them find their way. Network marketing allows you to do this on a big scale. Not only can you help one person, but you can help hundreds or even thousands to live a better life. And the exciting thing is, that's just the beginning. It's just like throwing a rock into a pond. When it hits the water, you see the ripples growing larger and larger until they hit every edge of the pond. In network marketing, sometimes you don't see all the ripples. You might be aware of the impact you had on one person's life, and maybe one or two more ripples. But they keep growing whether you see them or not. That's why I do what I do. It's why I wrote this book. I know people will be positively impacted, and that's a stone thrown in the water. But then they'll make a positive impact on others, and the ripples begin. And those people will do the same and over and over and over again. With network marketing, you really can make a difference. The people you'll meet. Network marketing has introduced me to the most amazing people. This profession gives you the chance to not only expand your group of friends, but also to be able to spend more time with them. You'll never find a more passionate group of entrepreneurs in any other profession. These people love life and spend their time lifting each other up. Here's an example of what that means to me and what it can mean for you. You can name virtually any state in the United States or any other country in the world, and a friend instantly pops into my mind. Network marketing has also introduced me to many of my heroes. I've been lucky enough to share the stage and become friends with great people. 
including Anthony Robbins, Brian Tracy, Dennis Waitley, the late Stephen Covey, Tom Peters, Les Brown, the late Og Mandino, David Bach, Robert Kiyosaki, Harvey McKay, Art Williams, Ken Blanchard, Tom Rath, Daniel Pink, Mark Victor Hansen, Jack Canfield, Jeffrey Gittimer, Gary Vaynerchuk, Tom Hopkins, and many, many others. On top of all that, I've been able to learn from more million-dollar MLM learners than I could count. All of them have had a positive impact on my life and my career. This profession also helped introduce me to my amazing wife, Marina. I was in Moscow for a big MLM training event, and she was attending that event with her family. Because she could speak multiple languages, she was helping to translate backstage. I was smitten. Our first date was in Red Square at midnight after the event. With the snow softly falling around us, I'll never forget it. We've been together ever since. I'm not saying you'll find the love of your life in MLM, but I am saying you'll find friendships that will last a lifetime. The places you'll see. If you build a large and successful network marketing business, a few things will happen. First, you'll win some trips that will be trips of a lifetime. Second, you're going to need to support your organization as they expand into every territory or country where your company does business. And third, you're going to have enough money and time to go wherever you'd like. It's been said that your life can be measured by the number and intensity of your experiences. If that's true, I've already lived a very long life. I've been to every state in the United States with the exception of Alaska, and I'll remedy that soon. I've also been to about 40 countries around the world. I've gone diving at the Great Barrier Reef in Australia, toured the Hagia Sophia in Istanbul, visited the Twin Towers in Malaysia, boated around James Bond Island off the coast of Thailand, visited the tent cities in Nigeria, ridden the huge Ferris wheel in the port of Singapore, had a private tour of the White House, watched the sunrise on New Year's Day at the Grand Canyon, enjoyed a 30-course meal at the world-famous Bully in Spain, cruised through the canals of Amsterdam, ridden a hot-air balloon over the Rocky Mountains, rented an entire cruise ship for 2,000 of my friends to sail to the Bahamas, had dinner under the stars at the top of the Hotel de Paris in Monaco, visited my heritage in Norway, sailed the Black Sea off the coast of the Ukraine, witnessed the amazing Sistine Chapel in Rome, golfed at St. Andrews in Scotland, watched a World Cup match in Ireland, and prayed at the Wailing Wall in Jerusalem. All of this, and so much more, was made possible because I embraced the great profession of network marketing. The same can happen for you. The causes you can contribute to. There are lots of worthy causes. You might want to give to your parents or someone else in your family or to an organization that means something to you. In 2011, I asked Harvey McKay, best-selling author, as well as a wildly successful businessman and community activist, for his secret to success. He told me his story. Eric, my father sat me down after I graduated from the University of Minnesota at age 21. I was a little bit cocky, going to take on the world, going to start at the top and work my way up. And he said, Harvey, 25%, one-fourth of your life starting now is going to be devoted to volunteerism. Now, I didn't know what that meant, other than I started volunteering for everything. Heart, cancer, United Way, Boy Scouts, March of Dimes, Salvation Army, everything. Let me tell you what that experience has done for me my entire life. Being on all those boards and being involved in all those charities, I became a better communicator. I became a better leader. I became a better salesperson. Because all I was doing was raising money for the more than 20 boards that I've been on. I became a better sales manager. And can you imagine how many new people I met by just being a volunteer? My network grew tremendously. But the biggest thing that happened was my sense of being a citizen of the world. To know that you've helped another human being and to be able to see the results 
It's an unbelievable feeling. I'm so thankful to my father because his advice changed my life. This interview changed my life because it impacted my thinking on contribution. I'd always thought that there was really only one way to help a worthy cause, and that was with your money. But after my conversation with Harvey, I realized that there were three ways to help. The first is with your money. Of course, you can write a check, and that's wonderful. Network marketing can allow you to write bigger checks than you could ever imagine before. The second is with your time. Like Harvey said, you can dedicate a portion of your life to causes that are important to you. He chose 25%. You could choose whatever you'd like, but I'd encourage you to choose. And by time, I don't mean just volunteering a few hours here and there at the shelter or something. I mean, give your time to creative thinking, raising awareness, and raising money. And the third is probably most important, and that is with your influence. Take the time you're going to spend on your cause and put all of your influence behind it. Inspire your organization to do something great with you. Encourage your company to get involved. Leverage your network to do great things. You are powerful, and more so, because of your involvement in network marketing. Use that influence for good. It'll change your life for the better. The person you'll become in the process. Network marketing changed my life for the better because it forced me to become a better person. As a profession, we move products and services to the customers who want them, but our real purpose is much deeper. At its core, this profession is an incubator for personal growth. You'll learn how to face your fears. You'll learn how to solve problems. You'll learn how to feed your mind with positives and protect your mind from negatives. You'll learn how to grow stronger. You'll learn how to lead. When I first started out in this profession, I did almost everything out of fear. I was afraid I wouldn't succeed. I was afraid I was going to run out of prospects. I was afraid I was going to miss out on the opportunity. But over time, that fear went away. I decided to focus on myself and my skills instead of all the things I couldn't control. And then everything became clear. I learned the true secret of network marketing. The greatest benefit isn't getting what you want. The greatest benefit is what you'll need to become in order to get what you want. I learned what was always there and what has been passed down for ages. The journey is everything. Thank you for taking this journey with me. Let me conclude by sharing what I say at the end of every Network Marketing Pro video. Ladies and gentlemen, my wish for you is that you decide to become a network marketing professional, that you decide to go pro, because it is a stone-cold fact that we have a better way. Now let's go tell the world.